Welcome to The Rational Egoist. I'm your host, Michael Leibowitz. In the news of late, there's been a lot of talk about the Federal Reserve and inflation and how the Federal Reserve is going to curb inflation. And there's the question of, do we have a recession coming? So here to explain what's going on is a guy who has earned two master's degrees, one in business administration and one in chemical engineering. He's written articles on the trade cycle and monopolies. And in 2016, he founded Americans Against Monopolies. Mike Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice, nice to be here. So I guess we can go back to the beginning. Uh, when was the Federal Reserve created and why was it created? Um, it was created in 1913, basically because they wanted somebody to control the uh, supply of money that was uh, that they they claimed was causing booms and busts in the economy. It was it, it was in. It was in response to the 1907 um, crisis where J.P. Morgan had to bail out the country and uh, and he and a group, a cadre of um, very uh, influential businessmen um, convinced the government to create this uh, Federal Reserve. In your view, has it ever fulfilled its mission? Uh, maybe for the cadre of uh, highly influential um, businessmen it has, but for the uh, average person on the street, it's been a disaster. I, I've been doing analyses on it, and uh, and it's caused uh, five major stock market crashes that have wiped out people's wealth and destroyed their livelihoods. So we've had five major stock market crashes. Have we also had five major recessions since the uh, advent of the, or depressions, recessions since the advent of the Federal Reserve System? Well, I would consider the major recessions to be the ones that occurred after the stock market crashes, um, especially uh, the um, uh, Great Depression, of course, and uh the um, great, the great uh, recession, and the uh, the very severe recession in the early nineteen eighties. So, the Austrian theory of the trade cycle seeks to explain how it is that money causes the trade cycle, right? So, how did well? First of all, what is the Austrian theory of the trade cycle? Well, it has to do with the fact that uh, the Federal Reserve creates a, or the central bank creates, a, expands credit at the banks. And by doing so, they create an artificial boom. And, and they do it continually and successively to lower interest rates. And business and consumers then increase their borrowing. Um, and they're and they're purchasing, so um, they can uh, they can expand the economy. The problem is um, when you set artificial rates for too long and uh, for too low. What happens is you get excessive credit creation, inflated asset prices, 
speculative bubbles and low savings. And this has to come to an end at a certain time. Um, and when it does, what happens is the, the Fed comes in and he uh, and they uh, crash the economy by undoing what they did before and creating high interest rates. So they just go back down to where they were before, often even further than they were before because because of the everybody's panicking to get out of the market when they're doing this. So the one thing you didn't mention there was time preference because the Austrian theory, the, the time preference element is that interest rates serve as an indicator to whether society or the people in society are saving for the future or spending now. So when interest rates are low, it, that, that is in a pure free market economy, that would indicate that people are saving money for the future. The problem is right. That with the, expansion of credit by the central bank, the interest rate goes down, but there's no actual saving. But nonetheless, entrepreneurs see that low interest rate and assume they're saving. And then what they do is invest in production for future consumption rather than present consumption. But that's not what actually is in demand. So you end up with a uh, malinvestment, the the Austrians call it. Basically, what you end up is with a flawed structure of production. Would, would that be accurate? Yeah. That would that would be true. Okay. Do you, in your view, do, do the Austrians provide an adequate explanation for the history of the trade cycle for the, all the trade cycles that we've seen? Um, not really. Um, the biggest one of the big problems is I, I do believe the Keynesians are correct that um, deficit spending also creates a stimulative effect on the economy which along with the lower interest rates stimulates the economy too far in, in an artificial way, causing problems. And then uh, what the uh, government does is they decrease the spending and that along with the raising of interest rates uh, has a multiplier effect that can create even bigger problems. Um, I think the uh, Austrian cycle was more based on before we got into this uh, this high debt economy that we're in back in the 80s, um, interest rates weren't enough to uh, propel the economy to create an artificial boom. So Reagan created a deficit spending, which also has a, a big stimulative effect on the economy. But uh, of course, then it goes down even harder than it would have when they have to raise the interest rates. Okay. So here's what, what, where I, I find the flaw in that, right? And you, you can tell me where, how I'm wrong. If the government simply deficit spends, absent an increase in the money supply, then they just make up for that with borrowing. That's how they pay back the, the, the debt that they're accumulating or the deficits that they're spending. So there's no actual increase in the money supply. So how could there be a, a boom? It seems to me that money would just be taken from some investments and put into the ones that the government finds more attractive or more lucrative. So how would you have the, the boom phase, the inflationary phase, absent an increase in money? Because even in your analysis that you just said, you said that they're combined with a lowered interest rate, right? Yeah, they're combined. So if, they but if you do simultaneously. 
Yeah. So if you don't have that lower interest rate, if you don't have the increase in the money supply, then deficit spending on its own couldn't cause the boom. All it could cause is investments going in different places than they otherwise would, right? The uh, the invent the it's true that the, um, the all the crashes occur, all the booms occur when the money supply, when the credit is expanded. But however, we've seen since the 1980s, we've seen a, another stimulative effect, which is the uh, the deficit spending, which has also created a stimulative effect. But it's not done without the bank credit. So. So if you take the 80s, for instance, right, you had a, a lot of factors going on. You had the tax cuts, which is what the supply siders would say caused the boom. You have the deficit spending, which is what the Keynesians would say caused the boom. So how do you sift through that to figure out that it was the deficit spending and not the, the credit expansion or not the tax cuts that, that were responsible for the boom? Well, interest rates were very high at that time when the boom started. And so I feel that they needed also another stimulus to get the economy going. I mean, interest rates were, it's true that the credit expansion was occurring, but the interest rates were still very high. And so I believe that the, uh, that the deficit spending was also needed to stimulate the economy. Wouldn't Austrians argue, though, that when when Laffer, not Laffer, I'm sorry, Volcker, the, the Fed chairman, when they raised interest rates and you had the initial recession in, in the, I think it was 82, if I'm not mistaken, you had the initial recession. But then once the economy crashed, wouldn't the Austrians argue that you then had a, a base from which to have a real, uh, you know, real economic growth? And that the tax cuts and the deregulation that, that took place at that time, as minimal as it was, could also explain why there was such growth in the 80s? I think if the deregulation would have been effective, that, that would have been true. But it was very poor deregulation. I mean, okay. I worked on the the electricity uh, deregulation, and it was just all rigged for the uh, utility monopolies. In fact, that's why I got into this uh, analyzing the, uh, the the business and the monopolies because of exactly that point. The Austrians make are assuming that the economy is a free market economy, and it's not. There's, there's too many preferential regulations favoring monopolies, and, and it's not, the economy is not able to grow without uh, lowering interest rates and deficit spending. Okay, you just said that the Austrians assume it's a free market economy. And I, I wrote I read this morning where you wrote that the Austrians haven't you know done a lot on monopoly. But Mises wrote on monopolies as far back as 1911 in theory of money and credit. I mean in 1912. In 1922, he addressed the issue again in his book Socialism, and he also addressed it in human action. I think that came out, I want to say 49. Rothbard and Man Economy Estate devotes over a hundred pages to monopolies, and of course Dominic Armentano, the professor who's an Austrian, that was his thing was addressed to monopolies and monopoly pricing and antitrust laws. So one, it 
the extensiveness which with the Austrians critique interventions in the economy, whether it was Mises, Rothbard, Kirzner, Hayek, and also the extent to which they actually addressed monopolies. How can you say that they're assuming it's a free market one and, and two, how can you say that they don't deal with monopolies? Because it's the same for the same reason that you just said that they would expect the economy to grow in the 1980s with deregulation that that would assume that they that they believe the economy is free but it wasn't ever even close to being free in the 1980s oh, well they wouldn't argue that it was free what i actually said was the deregulation as minimal as it was it wasn't like reagan came in and just gangbusters deregulated the economy i'm so all all i was pointing out was that there were other factors going on and you have to sift through the various factors that are going on to assume i mean to distinguish why an economy is growing but Rothbard especially certainly would never have argued that there was extensive deregulation in the 80s. Okay. But there wasn't. The economy has No, trouble. there wasn't. The economy has trouble growing if the uh, if the monopolies are able to restrict supply. Like, like people can't respond to the inflation. The like, people can't respond to the to the bust by uh, getting into business and increasing supply if monopolies control the supply and the monopolies are very slow to control to increase the supply. Okay. So I, I think I, I, I should have asked you earlier, how do you define monopoly? First of all, what, what is a monopoly? Uh, I use the legal definition of a monopoly. That's okay. when the, uh, that's when the monopoly, the uh, monopoly can, Exclude competitors and affect the price of the uh, good or service that they're producing. Okay. And, and what causes monopolies? Government regulations. Well, that's what the, uh, the Austrians and the uh, monetarists believe. And that's what I'm finding to be true is that government policies create monopolies. Um, the problem is they haven't been very concerned about these monopolies. They've largely ignored them other than pointing out that government is creating them. Okay. Um, the, uh, the Keynesians, on the other hand, have, uh, have expressed great concern about monopolies, but they, uh, they claim that they're created, they falsely claim that they're created by markets, and that's not true. So we got a problem here. Nobody's really addressing the, that the government regulations are creating monopolies and are restricting supply and preventing growth in the economy. Okay, so the the solution then, right, would be to deregulate the economy. So when you're in your critique of monopolies, you're not saying that the government needs to do more. You're saying the government needs to do less. For instance, getting rid of antitrust laws would be. I think I personally think that'd be a great thing to do for multiple reasons. But is that your view? Is are antitrust laws a mistake? In other words, they're ineffective. the uh, The only way to deal with monopolies is to get rid of the government policies that are creating the monopolies. Um, antitrust is is a fake way of dealing with them. I mean, all you get is more monopolies when you do it that way. You get different monopolies, but you get more monopolies, like like you saw with uh, AT and T, and then uh, IBM, and then uh, 
Microsoft. They were all done, but they were all broken up by antitrust. But so, monopolies always followed them. Yeah, it's the big four today. Yeah, the 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 companies that are clamoring most, it seems to me, for antitrust law enforcement, are companies that don't want competition. They're not saying we need antitrust laws because we need more competition. They don't want companies to be able to compete with them to you know be, beat them and for market share. Yes, monopolies always start, or they appear to start, with things like patent protection from competition, and then they move on when when that's when that expires, when there's only so many patents they can do use to protect their markets, then they go to the government and say, will you do this? It's, I mean, it's kind of like uh, AT&T. They held the monopoly over phones for 20 years because they got to the patent office an hour before another guy did. So, um, but then when the patents ran out, all this competition rushed into the marketplace, but then they said, oh no, we want a monopoly. And so the government gave them a, a monopoly over the phone system. And then they were able to use that to create Bell Labs and patent technologies in other areas. And they became, they controlled the whole, the whole tech sector during that time. What, in your view, are the most destructive or dangerous monopolies today? Uh, the banks, bank charters restrict... Uh, competition in banking there's uh there's all sorts of um banks that uh there's all sorts of banks but there's only a few that get the preferential treatment from the fed and are able to do all of the things that banking requires um and they get the money from the federal reserve they get the special treatment um then there's uh there's housing is a, is a terrible monopoly. I mean, we got all this zoning that's going on that's preventing people from building homes um, and uh, departments and things like that. We got healthcare that's totally monopolized, uh, the licensing of uh, medical professionals, the certi certification in need required for medical facilities, uh, the regulation of insurance, requiring certain only certain insurance companies um, we got the uh, agricultural subsidies that uh, that prevent uh, the development of other crops we got uh, all sorts of uh, energy monopolies subsidies uh, preferential environmental uh, regulations we got auto bailouts and the SEC has protected the protected the big car companies um, the biggest problem with tech so far is the uh, is the patent protections, but they're going to move probably one day to like we were just talking about to other government protections, and um, uh, also uh, education is another big one because uh, we have taxpayer funding of education, and that's creating all sorts of monopolies, at both the uh, public school and at the uh, High school, uh, college level, higher education. So what about the argument that all the things that you're naming, licensing and barriers to entry and uh, charters for banks, that all these things are used to protect consumers? 
you don't seem to buy that. Why not? Well, that's not what it shows. I mean, that's 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 what I'm working on. I mean, that's what I do is see the effect of these different regulations. And uh, uh, I mean, uh, JFK, uh, RFK Jr. is kind of having a campaign where he's trying to uh, he's talking about this regulatory capture and the way that uh, uh, monopolies are able to control the supply through these regulations. I mean, it's possible these re regulations and theoretically could be done for the interests of consumers, but they're not. They're done for the interests of, of business uh, because of the regulatory capture. What is regulatory capture? Well, regulatory capture is when the businesses uh, influence the policymakers to uh, create policies that favor them, like like uh, restricting, especially restricting supply, keeping other people out of the marketplace. Right. So the government creates an agency to watch over a given sector of the economy. And then what happens is the, the companies doing business in that sector gain influence over the very agency that's supposed to be watching them and they use it to protect them from outside competition. That's basically to create barriers for to entry. Yeah. Okay. I want to shift a little bit back to the inflation. In your view, what is the genesis of the current inflation? Um, well, the monetarists and the uh, Austrians believe that inflation is only created through monetary expansion. While the Keynesians believe that there is also cost push inflation, supply driven inflation. I mean, it depends how you look at it. If um, if you say, well, okay, supply dri um, demand driven inflation through monetary expansion, I mean, that does create inflation, especially if the uh, the industries are able to restrict supply, it's demand and supply. But the Austrians and monetarists are correct that if they um, if you tighten the uh, tighten the monetary the credit expansion, you're going to you're going to stop the inflation because the economy won't be able to increase prices. I mean, prices are increased by through monetary expansion. Yeah. But but you still got to blame the supply side because they're restricting supply. So if you if you keep uh, restricting the supply of money because these people are are restricting supply, you're going to get a suffocation of the economy. So I believe you've also got to consider the supply side, like the Keynesians do. Even though, yeah, I mean, the monetarists and the Austrians are right in theory. But I mean, let's work on the supply side also. Let's not let the monopolies restrict supply. Oh, I don't I don't think the Austrians would sit, argue in favor of letting monopoly government created monopolies restrict supply. I mean, it, well, they're they're saying that monetary expansion is the cause of inflation. And so what we got to do is we got to restrict the supply of money. And that's not enough. We've got to work on the supply side also. We've got to in, 
we've got to open up the supply so that supply can respond to demand. Well, well, that's, that's true. But you wouldn't uh, the, you wouldn't argue as the Keynesians would that a, uh, for instance, that outside an increase in the money supply, you there, there could not be inflation under those circumstances. Right. Um, I, mean, I don't think so. Well, right. it, it depends if you're talking about economy wide inflation. That's what I'm talking about. Because obviously, yeah, if you if you were in one industry and you restricted a supply in that industry through the the restricted supply, all things remaining equal, the price would rise in that industry. But then something consumers would have to direct their purchasing from other uh, products whose prices would then drop. So the only way you could have it to be economy wide would be through monetary expansion. That's right. But. The problem is if if you cut monetary expansion, then then you're going to these other, especially if it's a necessity that's inflating, like healthcare and oil did during the 1970s. That's going to kill other industries because they're necessities and their prices increasing. So that's hard for uh, for policymakers to do. You've got to, you know, in theory, yeah the monetary expansion it can't occur without the monetary expansion that's yeah. true but you've got to deal with the supply side also. sure yeah i would i wouldn't disagree with that i i think we need to free up the economy and ultimately including the banking and the money sectors and not have the government trying to micromanage everything but i want to my question though was the monetary expansion that's responsible for the current inflation. For instance, we I'm, we frequently hear, uh, well, I frequently hear on in social media, and I, you know, from right wing radio, that it's Biden's fault. This is Biden's inflation. But the money supply was expanding long before Biden took office, as were the supply restrictions that that you're talking about. I mean, you right. you, res, you restrict supply of a good and increase the supply of money. And you're going to end up with inflation in, you know, if not just with not in the economy in general, you're going to have it, but also with the specific products where the supply is restricted. But I remember under Donald Trump, when he was putting pressure on Jerome Powell to keep interest rates low, I remember under Donald Trump that where he, you know, the, the economy was partially shut down during COVID. And, you know, before that, even we had monetary, what would they call it? Uh, I forget now, but quantitative easing what was taking place under Obama. So the, the money supply was expanding ever since the Great Recession, really. And I remember mm-hmm. reading that in Hayek in the 70s. Oh, I wasn't alive in the 70s. Hayek wrote it in the 70s. But he wrote that he was surprised that the monetary expansion was able to go on as long as it could without a recession. So the it can go on for quite some time, but the inevitable result is going to be the crack up boom, where the the economy you know you go into inflationary period and then the the recession. So, am I right in in saying that this inflation did not start under Biden? I'm not saying he's innocent. He's continuing the same policies. The Fed continues the same policies, but it began a long time ago, right? You're right. This bout this boom began in. Uh... But uh, 2007, I mean, that's when they started expanding the credit. And uh, but it still had to crash because of the lag. And then uh, since 2010, the boom has 
has been started for 2008, I can't remember, 2008 or 2010. And the government has been uh, lowering the interest rates to practically nothing, you know, the quantitative easing and also the, the heavy deficit spending. So they've been creating a, a boom in the economy that was going to uh, result in inflation. I mean, it, it did involve an asset inflation and it would have invo eventually involved in, in created consumer price inflation. But Biden kind of accelerated the situation with with the heavy with the heavy deficit spending and the heavy um, monetary policy. And um, and also uh, the covid uh, did uh, do some uh, uh, they did the shutdowns of the economies that uh, that also created uh, supply shocks to the economy. So it accelerated, but but from what I've been analyzing, um, the, all all these markets were heading for inflation anyway. I mean, you look at energy, um, especially with this drive to uh, wind and solar, that's more expensive. Um, these The energy was be becoming more expensive. The oil was becoming more expensive. Um, the housing was becoming more expensive. Um, all sorts of markets uh, were being affected. So I believe that that it, that the uh, that Biden ex accelerated it. I can't even totally blame him for that because Trump had big uh, big spending too during the uh, sure. before he left office, huge de deficits and um, low interest rates, like you were saying. So yeah, he was he was in it as much as Obama and uh, and and uh, Biden were. So, do you, in your view, in the stats and the you know the uh, data you're looking at, do we have a recession on the horizon? Is a recession coming? Yeah, a recession is definitely coming. I mean, we've been dealing, we haven't been growing all that quickly with interest rates at zero and huge deficit spending. How are we gonna grow with 5% interest rates and, and, um, moder and moder uh, lower deficit spending? They're trying to control deficit spending. I don't know how deficit spending is gonna go exactly, but, it, but it's not going like it was. So the economy can't possibly grow at the same rate that it was with zero interest rates and this deficit spending. So I definitely see uh, a stock market crash and a recession. All right. Put on your Nostradamus hat. Do you have any idea when this is going to occur? Uh, I, I, I haven't been involved in this uh, really long enough. I mean, I just, I've been working mostly in monopolies, and so I didn't start looking at it until December. But I've been kind of watching the uh, the prognosticators out there, and I kind of like Harry Dent. Um, he uh, he to me sounds like somebody that knows what's going on here, and he was predicting this summer sometime. But there's a, there's a couple there, there's one uh, big problem though, too is that uh, <clears throat> I don't know exactly what's happening 
with deficit spending. I mean, they may be increasing deficit spending and that would have a, that would prolong it a bit longer than, than it is, than it is. So I I'm not sure exactly, but I would think that, um, I, I think I'd go with Harry Dent, but, right. but Before, I, you know, I don't, but no, no, go ahead. Finish. I thought you were finished. But I, don't, I, I haven't even, you know, I've been looking at booms and busts, but I haven't been looking at, you know, micro booms and busts or micro analysis of them. And I, I know there's a, there, there's generally a lag period, but uh, the stock market uh, definitely has a big effect. I mean, it tends to precede recessions. So um, there, there's kind of this hype going on with AI and stuff. So there, there are things that are kind of holding it up, but I think uh, definitely it's heading for a crash and that will, that will hurt investment and people will have less money. Companies will, you know, have to, to get rid of employees. There'll be unemployment, bankruptcies, et cetera. Okay, before I let you go, is there anything I should have asked that I didn't or anything you want to say about these topics, the Fed, inflation, monopoly? Um, I think you pretty well covered it. Did a good job. Thank you. Okay, well, where can people find you? Do you have a blog, a website? I know you, you founded the uh, Anti-Monopoly company uh so where where could they where could they find you americans against monopolies you just uh, google it it comes up and then you hit on it and you get right to the the front page all right thank you very much for joining us today for now this is the rational egoist i'm michael Leibowitz signing out remember like share comment subscribe until next time